Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. The following is a presentation of Podcast One. What the hell is Brett Favre doing here? Eric Bowling and Brett Favre on everything from politics and sports to business and culture. This year has been insane. I got some advice for y'all. Take two weeks off, then quit. Hey, man right there, number four, Brett Favre. First NFL completion, and it's to himself. It's big time and prime time. That's why Brett Favre is Brett Favre. Yeah. Now it's Bowling with Favre. We're joined by one of my dear friends uh, who I've sort of met on, uh, I guess, on a, a video that he was doing, um, Boys of Fall. Great guy. Um, just a pleasure to uh, to call him friend. Kenny Chesney, one of the top entertainers in, in all of music, not just country music, in all of music. And one of the few, I think only one other, maybe, maybe two have played Lambeau Field. Besides you, I know Paul McCartney played, correct? Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, and I've been fortunate enough to play it twice. And and Brett, the first time we played Lambeau Field, it, I'd been nervous before, you know, but um, it was one of those moments that, you know, leading up to that week to play, you know, Lambeau, um, you know, I, I was, as you know, I mean, sports was, a, a, along with music, but sports was a huge part of my life. And, 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 you know, my dad and I, you know, we didn't have a lot in common growing up, you know, we, it, it, but the one thing we had in common was sports. And I remember, and, and, and mostly football, honestly. And, and man, when, when the buses rode up to Lambeau to play, I was like, I just couldn't believe it. I, I just couldn't believe that, you know, because for, for years we would we would roll into a town and set up our stuff a lot less impressive than Lambo, <laughs> you know. And when I'll never forget it, man. The first time, you know, I guess just because I'm such a sports fan, and you know, watching you play all those years, and I, and Brett, I watched you play. You know, before I even met you, you know, mm-hmm. you were—I uh, think you were still in the league a couple of years. I think I think you were just recuperating uh, when you were playing with the Vikings when I met yeah. you. And right. So, I, so there was just the lore of it, you know, and and the, and the it was just um, it was one of my. I was really nervous when I went on stage that night. When, when me and the band and the crew, I was standing up there on stage, and I look up and and I saw, see all these names up there, and and to yeah. know that that you know now that you played that you you know played right. there all these years it was just it was just really uh it was a uh, one of those moments that you don't get every day in your life you know yeah well and most entertainers don't get it you know well, you, that's, that's, you and Paul McCartney uh yeah maybe one other have played it they just don't let people come in there and play it no and that's the thing like I, I'll tell you it, it took us a minute now to be able to go back and play it twice was it was a blessing too because the first time one of our biggest issues about going to play Lambo is is they didn't want us on the field that you know right. the, the the people there wanted us to come play but as you know they only get so many months of sunlight and so they didn't want all of our stuff messing up the field and so right. but we we talked them into it and it was a great experience and then we were we, I think the last time we played it in 2015, it was just an unbelievable night, you know, because we had boys a fall out and, yeah. and 
Brett being able to go into a, a town and, uh, you know, because Lambeau's, you know, Green Bay's a lot like a college town, you know, they mm-hmm. lean on their, on, on that team. And it was, you, you, you go up into a place like Lambeau Field and play boys a fall. I, that's, that is about the loudest I've ever heard anything in my life. It was, it was magic. So you're in Tennessee. I know last time you and I talked, I think it was a week or two ago, you were in California. How, how much time you spent in California? Um, a, a little bit. I've got a, a really good solid group out there that I work out with, you know, and I'm just trying to, you know, Brett, with, with not being able to work and go do what we do, um, it's been a really mental adjustment, to be honest with you, you know, and, yeah. and I've got a good a group of, of people out there that I work out with out there that keep, just try keep, to keep me motivated, start, keep me motivated. And, and, uh, you know, because I, you, you can get, you, you know, you know, there's fine line between a groove and a rut. Yeah, and, it's easy to say. I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, it's 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 really easy to say that. Yeah, and I, I've gotten. I'm guilty of that. I mean, like now when I'm working and I know there's something that I that's in front of me, man, I'm the most motivated guy in the world. But you know, when when, when the rug gets pulled out from under you, let's you know, say you're getting ready for a season, and all of a sudden there's no season. Yeah, you know, to stay in that shape, and and I'm not just mean physical. I just mean mental. Yeah, there's a if you if you continuously don't do something, you know, to activate your brain. There's, I've learned there can be brain decay, <laughs> you know? No question. And so Not that's why, that's one of the reasons I, I stay out in California and I got my workout group out there. It just keeps me, it keeps my brain moving and, and, uh, keeps, you know, just keeps me in shape a little bit. And I like to smell the air and smell the ocean. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I just also feel a little bit more creative out there, you know? Let's let's pick up on that a little bit. You know, during the, the COVID pandemic, you, you know, no one's allowed to tour. I think stadiums are now opening up again. I was this a good time for you to take a break, or did you miss the you know the the action of, of the road? Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts on coming going back to to filled out sold out concerts? Well, I hope we get to do that soon. I mean, like some things are opening up, but with a with um, you know, we're watching really closely what the NFL is going to do this year. You know, because a lot of the places we're going to play, you know, we're not going to play this summer at all. So, but but we're watching really closely to what the NFL does and 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 how many people they allow in there, and and that's, I think that's going to kind of it's going to allow us to see what we're going to do in 2022, and we mm-hmm. we all got our fingers crossed that we're going to be able to go with with no you know with a lot of people in there, but. I can tell you that I have really missed it. I, 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 I miss the energy. Like that was a good word you used. I mean, I missed, I missed the energy, the anticipation of the moment. I'll always say one of my first, my favorite moments of every night is the first note of every night. Mm. Because that's what everybody comes to see. You know, they anticipate that moment you get on stage and that goes for us too. You know I mean? Like um, no matter where it is, you know, you, you, you walk around backstage all day and you anticipate getting to do what you do. I miss that, that energy a lot. Now there's some things I don't, I don't miss, <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like I would say it's a lot like an athlete. You got to do a lot of stuff that people never see that gets you ready to see only what they see. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't miss the long, long days on the bus, just sitting around with nothing to do. And, and I don't, I, it, there, there is some sort of mundane existence when you're on the road all summer. I don't necessarily miss that, um, but I really miss being on stage. I, I, I really do. And um, 
this was forced downtime for us. And, and honestly, I, 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 I feel like that, that we might've needed that downtime. Yeah, but can, can, can I follow that up with now you write songs. Were you able to write and were you more prolific yeah. during this time off and did well, it change your music? This year I have been now last year when, when, when the pandemic hit, I think like a lot of people, uh, it was hard for me to be creative, uh, living in a anxiety fit. Right. Right. <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on, you know, so there was no creativity whatsoever. Right. Uh, but this year has been a little different, you know, and, um, I'm actually going into the studio this whole, this whole week, I'll be in the studio making stuff up and it feels good. And, uh, but it's been a, it's been an interesting time for to, to be creative because you could go into the studio with the musicians and okay who feels comfortable who feels comfortable being in here you know because it's a closed area and it's been so strange but it's getting better and better and you think do you, and Brad I just want to just follow up along this theme a little bit <laughs> jump in after I, do you think this you know what we've been through what the country's been through will change what you're writing about on the backside of this. I, I don't, I mean, I think, I don't think so. I mean, I, I, I tend to write, you know, just about, you know, try to try to find commonality with a, with mm-hmm. human emotions all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that there'll be a human emotion that I write about of people that come on the backside of this, mm-hmm. but I don't think I will, I don't think I'll labor on it too much, you know? Um, but it's 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 possible. I mean, like the, the, you never know what you're going to when you're a creative person, you wake up one day and you go, oh, you know, and, and there's something rattling around in your brain in there. And it may take you six months to get it out. But but it's it's uh, being a creative songwriter. Uh, there's always you never say no to anything. <laughs> really. Yeah. 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 You know, I think along with uh, obviously I, the only thing I know about music is I, I enjoy it, you know, mm-hmm. um, right. But but I think that one one of the things that makes you so great is that your your songs everyone can relate to, and uh, you know it's like man that that's how do you know that that's what I'm going through right now? Well, that's you know I've got uh, several people around me that are great song people, but you know Brett, I appreciate that. It was because it's just one of the things that. You know, when I was a kid, I would I would listen to the people that really turned me on and, and got me excited about music. You know, those songs kind of songs were the thread of what I, what made me love them. And when I got to a point in my life where I was able to truly do this for, you know, and, and live my dream, as you will. You know, it was always really important to me to try to have some songs that made people happy, that made them, you know, think about something might motivate them in some way, might make them remember someone, get yeah. pissed at someone. Yeah. <laughs> I don't notice anything, yeah. you know, but I think that's what you try to do. Whether, whether you know, you, you, you hope that you, there's a part of you that you've within a song that you've lived, but you also, you got, you got to be smart enough to know that, okay, maybe you haven't lived that, but you got to be, you know, you got to think, well, maybe a lot of other people have. And, mm-hmm. and there, there's a few songs in my life. One, for example, There Goes My Life. You know, it's that song about a, a father and a daughter. Well, I don't have any children, but I know, I know our friend Tim McGraw's got three girls, you yeah. know, and I know that I got <laughs> a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and 
we can all relate to that. You know, we, we know someone or, or like in my case, I have two daughters and yeah. I go back. There's another song. That, well, yeah, that's all me. That's, that's I, I, my whole life's in that, you know, and, and I, I, but I, all my friends and Brett, you've met a lot of them on the road yeah. with me. You know, we all, and, and I've been to your home, you know, I, I knew when I left there, I said, I told my friends with me, I said, Brett grew up just like we did. Yeah. It's, 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 and I went, you know, when I wrote, I go back, it was, it was just about how I grew up and how music touched me and how specifically each song touched me in in different periods of my life. And, and, um, so yeah, it's that, that was one, you know, not every song that, I, that I've had out has been completely hundred percent authentic to my life. Kenny, we, back with certain well, you got too many dang songs. That's a problem. <laughs> this is a good opportunity. Um, we've, we've talked to, um, we've talked to Darius Rucker. We've talked to Ted Nugent, Kenny, and one of the most compelling things for me, and I think a lot of people who, who watch or listen to us, is to tell us how you did get started. You say, I go back, so you talk about how you grew up, but how'd you get, how'd you, how'd you grow up and how'd you get started in music? Well, I, got, I grew up in East Tennessee. I, I grew up in the country outside of Knoxville. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, our, our, whole, our whole life uh, revolved around, you know, certain things. And that was usually, you know, all we had was school. And all we had was church and all we had was our friends and playing, uh, you know, in sports and playing sports out in the backyard. And, and, and that, that was basically all we had. And I loved growing up like that, you know, because we weren't on any devices and we weren't playing video games. We were out in the backyard throwing the ball around because that's all we had to do. And I loved growing up like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I learned pretty quickly when I was in, in high school um, that, you know, I was five foot six inches my freshman year in high school. And I was, I was like, uh, pretty tall, you know, at that point, not a lot, not a lot of the kids were as tall as me then, but my, by my junior year, I was still playing football and I was still five foot six inches and everybody, <laughs> everybody was taller than me. <laughs> and I, I learned pretty quickly that, uh, as much as I love being a, a a wide receiver on our football team, I hated going across the middle. And I absolutely, you know, I knew I wasn't going to have any kind of, uh, after my senior year, I, my sports career was going to be over. But I, I truly loved music also. And, and that was ended up being my true passion. And so I was in college. I went to East Tennessee State University and I was – um, you know, I was one of those guys that we all see when we go into a, a bar or any kind of restaurant that has live music. I was in the corner playing my hero songs with a tip jar in front of me. And yeah. uh, I did that for three years in Johnson City, Tennessee. And for, you know, basically, I think $25 a night, whatever tips I made. And I played at this Mexican restaurant called Chucky's Trading Post. And I got, you know, 25 bucks a night plus tips. And then I got free enchiladas every night, you know? So, so when you're in college, yeah, that's pretty good money. No, you, you, you were big time. Yeah. <laughs> what you did from there? Did you say, or did someone say, Kenny, man, you need to go to Nashville. You need to get, you know, it's, you, you got to give it a shot. Well, Brad, the longer that I, I played out, you know, I mean, I was just, I, honestly, I, I was just, doing it to make extra money. And, yeah. and I always had, um, 
had, you know, I never had aspirations to, to do what I'm doing now. It sounds crazy, yeah. but I always just wanted to be a songwriter. And, and I, I remember being in college and people said, man, you ought to try to go do, you ought to try to do this. You know, it sounds like I'd come see you live. I'd come see, I'd come see you do this, you know, and I'm going, hey, y'all crazy. I, I just, I just want to make music and, you know, all the girls seem to really hang out with the guys that played the guitar or, you know, that were the athletes, you know, so I know I'm going to be an athlete. <laughs> so, um, but I, I, and after I graduated, I graduated East Tennessee State in December of 90 and I packed my car up and I, and I moved to Nashville and, and um, there was some lean couple of years, but, but I, I got into the business at purely as a songwriter and it just went from there really, you know, and, and I got a record deal in 93. I released about six or seven songs that nobody ever heard. And then I got off that record deal, which was now looking back, it was more like an independent. It was kind of like playing double A baseball. Yeah. And I was able to get off that. And I, and then I got onto a bigger label and released a couple of songs that didn't work. And then I thought, well, maybe it's, this is not for me. I'm just going to go back home and, get a job at the credit union with my buddies. And, but then we released a couple of songs that, that started the process, you know, and, and that's, that's kind of how it happened. I, there was, there was just never one day where I woke up and made it. It was just, it was small yeah. little pieces, you know, it was like, it, it was a lot. I, I make that analogy a lot. It was a lot like, it was a lot like, you know, a farm system in baseball. Like I, I, I just kind of called up. Yeah. So uh, along those lines, you know, Kenny, I'm in Nashville. I'm walking around. I get up early, about 10 o'clock in the morning. All the bars are open and, and there are people playing. I'm looking in and I'm thinking, you know, these people are dedicated. These people really, really want to make it. They love music. They really want to make it. You, you have any message of people who are, who are working those, you know, along Broadway in Nashville, and I guess Nash, Broadway in every city who are just trying to make it in, yeah. in music? Well, I, I, I look at it a couple of different ways. That's one of the questions people ask me all the time. You know, how, how do I make it? And Good question. You know, and like, so but here's the thing that I always look at. When I don't know anything about them, I ask them about their work ethic. And they're, they're, there's a culture now where they think, especially the younger people, they think, they think they're going to make it if they get on American Idol. And they think that's how you make it. And I mean, I love that show as much as anybody, but, but that's not necessarily a message to send to young people about work ethic, about getting better every single day, about trying to, you know, write the best songs you can. And because you're just not going to be, you know, Bobby Bowden told me one time, he goes, Kenny, either you're going to get better or you're going to get worse. You never stay the same. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. <laughs> And, that sounds like Bobby Bowden. Too. Yeah, that's what he said. And, uh, and but I, I feel that way about what I do. And if I see somebody that, especially when they come to me and they go, "Hey, how do I make it?" I, I, I initially go to that voice in my brain, going, "I don't know if that person's going to make it because if he's just doing this, yeah, just to make it." then I don't, it's going to be a longer road because I think the reason you do it is because you just can't help but do it. you yeah. got to be those guys down there that, that, that are playing in the bars at 10 o'clock in the morning and 
they're just, that's just what they want to do. Yeah. It's it, it's hard. And, and sometimes I don't know what to say to them. I can't say that. I can't say you're not going to make it, yeah. you know, because, but sometimes I am brutally honest with them. I'm going to, I say you do it just because it's, it's what you feel like you have to do. And, and I, I, I honestly feel that way about me and my band. I, I think that, you know, if we, if we hadn't played places like Lambeau field or a lot of the pl- places across the country that we've been fortunate enough to play, I think that we would be playing somewhere, you know, I, 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 I yeah. think we do, but you um, love playing. we just want to play entertaining for people. It could be three people or it could yeah. be 90,000. That's right. So it's, 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 it's interesting when people ask me that, you know, because yeah. sometimes I don't think they want to hear the, um, I don't know. They want to be, be that brutally. They want, they want, you know, it's kind of like a diet. They want the magic pill rather than, right. You know the detailed workout regimen. Yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, they, they don't. They don't want what they don't want the regiment. They want, uh, and, and it's uh, and it's kind of the way it is. I mean, it is with the with the. And I'm not saying this is a negative thing. It's just the kind of way a certain generation is now. They just with everything. They just want it to be automatic. Yeah, you know, and I think I think the, uh, I never heard it put that way, but one the thing that you just said makes so much sense that if you're asking me this question, yeah, you probably got one foot out the door, if not two yeah. feet out the door. It's, it's like it's like yeah. the old question: How much does it cost to, to have have that boat? You know, <laughs> you have to ask, how do I get faster? Or how do I jump higher? How do I throw further? You know, I never really thought about it, but you know, you, you do it. You just do it. I mean. Yeah, and if, if, if you, if you sometimes you you don't have enough time to stop back to that question if you're constantly doing it. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. Right. So that's the way I kind of look at it. But if I see that somebody's working really hard and they ask me for other advice, like you know, you know, how do I, you know, if they if they if they ask me just about advice about an uh, uh, like an agent. Or yeah. or whatever within a like business advice, I'll tell them all day. If yeah. they come to me asking me how to make it, I just gonna I tell them I don't know. I just know the way I did, and that was all hard work. And I'm not sure that's what you want to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you know, I think. Well, you, you know, yeah. Go, I'm I'm sorry, Brett. Go ahead. I, no, yeah, I was I, just I, say, just, I, you know, I think um, again. I'm, I'm by no means am I and a music entertainer or, or I mean, I play football, but it, for me, when I look at you look at, and I, I, another good example, your dear friend, Jimmy Buffett, who I, I know yeah. fairly well, went to Southern Miss. Um, he would uh, be one of the greatest entertainers in history. Yep. I mean, hands down, whether you like him or not, one of the greatest entertainers and still maybe even as popular now, as he was at 45 yeah. or 30. Yeah. And I think the, the, the question that people maybe should ask is how, uh, how, not how do I sing better or because it's not about who has the greatest voice. I mean, there's a lot of great voices out there that will never crack a stage, mm-hmm. but it's about how to capture the audience and stay current, you know, and uh, you know, how do I, how do I relate to the, the people who are listening to me. And, and I think that's, you've, you've done that so well with your song choice and how you sing it. And and I think that that's, that's probably way more important than, 
you know, how do I, I do a falsetto? Right. Being technically correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, there's a lot of people like that, that I truly looked up to. And Jimmy is definitely one of them, but you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of singer songwriters and a lot of entertainers out there that yes, they sing good. Maybe not sing great, but they're, 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 um, I, I think I think one of the, one of the, uh, one of the reasons that I do what I do is because I, I went to concerts as a kid. You know, I went to see Jimmy Buffett. I went to see um, a lot of rock concerts. I went to see Van Halen, and and it was I went to see Bruce Springsteen, and especially with Springsteen. You know, you sit there and you watch. He, he, he's he's up there and he's communicating with me. I felt like anyway. I felt like there would be millions, you know, there were thousands of people out there, but I felt like he was talking to me. Right. And that's the genius of what Bruce did. And I think Jimmy's got a lot of that in him too. Absolutely. I think, I think that's, that, that is the, yes, yeah, songs matter. And being, and being, you know, technically correct in your singing voice. I mean, yes, it, it matters, but I think communicating with someone and making some kid out there through your music feel something and making them feel like that you're talking to them is just as important. So can I ask you, I think, I think there's something you're, you're probably pretty, it's pretty cool. I mean, not many people have a serious XM channel with named for them and with them. Are you, do you get involved in it? Did I get involved in it? Yeah. Do you, do you are you, are you part of oh. the programming? Do you, do you, do you, do you take a, you know, I'm some part time? of the programming. Yes. I'm uh, uh no shoes radio. Um, you know, was born out of uh, just all the music that I listened to, you know, growing up and, and now in my adult life, but also the music that it's, it's, it's the playlist that's on my boat. It's the yeah. playlist that I have down the islands. And then there's a certain playlist that I listen to, to get fired up for Sunday football. And there's a certain playlist I listen to, to get really fired up, you know, about 10 minutes of nonstop loud music to get me excited to go out on stage. And I went, you know what? We're going to mix all that up. We're going to mix my road life, my island life, the, my East Tennessee life. And we're going to call it No Shoes Radio. And that's what people hear when they listen to it, you know. Yeah. And, and there's a sports slant to it. You know, you, like you'll hear people on there. You'll hear Brad on there. Yeah. Um, you'll hear John Madden on there. You'll hear Nick Saban on there. Just talking about music. And I think that the, the thing that makes it a little different and why I'm so passionate about being such a big part of it is I get to, I get to um, mix both my passions with his music and sports, and I think one of the things that, especially since we you know Boys of Fall came out, it's crazy. Like we'll have more sports people at our shows than we will music people, mm. you know, and and that's been one of the blessings, especially for someone like you know, like I said earlier, you know, sports was such a huge part of my my life and, and my father's life, and and. You know, to see, you know, to see my dad at a show and, the, and the, for Brett Favre to, to walk up on the bus and, you know, or Ben Roethlisberger or whoever it is, you know, like all these people that dad's what we've all watched on TV for years. You know, it's, it's really something beautiful to share. And it's been one of the blessings of my life, you know, being able to, to meet people that I truly respect. Right. So I have to tell this funny story. And uh, Kenny actually picked me up on the, in his plane. Uh, my wife, my daughter, two daughters, and uh, a few others went to his concert. 
uh, that he swamp fest, I think is what it was called. Right, Kenny? I, I, I think so. Was it was at LSU and there's 85,000 people there. <laughs> I mean, they've been hooting and hollering all day. And, um, but the first thing I, I go on the bus and we're just chatting and here comes Vince Vaughn, who I, I love Vince, anything he's in, I laugh, you know, and uh, he was, first of all, he was totally opposite of what he is in the movies. He was laid back, love country music, love Kenny, you know, and I'm like, Vince Vaughn, uh, you know, but me too. <laughs> so we're sitting on the bus. He's get, Kenny's getting ready to go play in front of 85,000 people, and the damn bus catches on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story. Uh, I, I, I said, Brett, you smell smoke? He goes, yeah, I've been smelling smoke. <laughs> I thought maybe maybe he was hiding Merle Haggard and Willie Nelson somewhere. <laughs> well, and, and look, I had to go on stage, and when, when I – I went on stage. They were trying to get everything off my bus, my personal belongings that they could. And by the time I got off stage, I didn't have a bus. It's crazy. Can you believe that? Man. Unbelievable. <laughs> Your boat, Kenny. I, I know uh, we have a, I think we have a mutual friend, John McGinnis, who, who's one of the co-owners of Floribama. It's just, yeah. just a great place in the world. Says you love, tell us about what that getting away on that boat means to you. Oh, well, I, I, uh, I, it's, you know, I spend the majority of my time, especially when I'm working, I spend the, the majority of my time on a, on a bus, you know, and, and going from t- city to city. And even when I get to that city, most of the time I've spent, I spend, I feel cooped up on that bus, you know. So um, the boat is 180 the other way. You know, I've got the open sky. I just feel free out there, you know, and I can put my music on. I can, um, depends on what time of day it is, you know, I can have a cold beard and watch the sunset and yeah. then just feel that salty air on my face. I mean, nothing makes, nothing makes me happier than that. It really doesn't. And, mm-hmm. and I spent, like I said, though, I spend so much time on my, on, on my bus. When I get to go to the boat, it's, it, it makes me really happy, you yeah. know, and, and it, it, it's, um, it's just a place for me, you know, cause I, I spend, especially when we're really in the zone out there working, you know, every day is kind of the same, except, you know, the crowd's different every night. But, you know, I get up every day and I get a workout in and then I go to catering around noon and I do whatever between two and four. And then I really eat early dinner, uh, especially if it's a stadium night because it starts a little earlier. I'll eat my dinner around 430. I'll lay down for a couple of hours and then I got a meet and greet. And that usually lasts about an hour and a half. And then by then I'll have about 45 minutes to say hi to friends that came to a show. And then I go do my show. Yeah. That's my whole day, almost every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I'm off the road and I'm on my boat, the thing, the thing I think I love most about my boat is there's no two days are ever the same. It's great. I mean, I, <laughs> that's, what, yeah. that's what makes me happy about it. The question is, when do I get invited down to the boat? <laughs> this week. I mean, <laughs> I'm telling you. Whatever you want to go. Well, I'll take you up on it. Uh, maybe not this week. It's a lot more fun in football season because I got you know it's we I got uh, two pretty big screens on it. You know we can open it up the back and shoot. It's a it's a it's a cool boat, man. It's it's a, it's a, it's it's a lot of fun to go down there with some buddies and and watch football. Mm. Well, next time. Yeah, I'm yeah. waiting on the uh, invite from you and McGraw. McGraw, he's always. 
spear fishing or doing some crazy thing. Yeah, he is. <laughs> or working out. He works out all day. He ain't got a life. Yeah. <laughs> Not when you're working out that hard. <laughs> I agree. I agree. He's what it's called. He's hangry all the time. He, he, don't yeah. he does he work out and he don't eat. You know, it's like he's hangry. Uh, I agree. Well, I don't know. Uh, we don't want to keep you much longer. Um, right. I mean, we, we keep you all day, but. Um, <laughs> I, I know you got other stuff to do, uh, man. I can't tell you how much I appreciate you coming on. Oh, Brett, man, I I, I appreciate you having me on, man. I, I I tell everybody, you know, it's um, the, the first time you can, and we can't even get into this because nobody know what we're talking about. But that day, you came into my bus at LSU, and uh, and uh, I. I had that sign on my thing and I said, up, up Maynardville by God, you know, yeah. and, and, and you said, you come out and you looked at me and you went, is that the same Maynardville on them tapes? And I knew right then with, with uh, all my buddies, I said, me and Brett Farm is going to be, we, 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 we like that. We connected. <laughs> Look, Eric, and, and for all the listeners, um, there's this, I guess I'd call it a pirate tape. What, yeah. How would you call it? Uh, yeah. It's been forever. I mean, I was the first time I heard it, it was in college. And then yeah. there's been a couple of people try to recreate those whoop your ass tapes, you know, and they actually sold them. But the original ones is the ones me and you heard. Right. And still to this day, um, I, I'll hear, hear a reference to, to Maynardville or uh, any kind of auto parts store. I mean, it, it's just, I'll, I'll, I'll stop and take a picture of it and send it to Brett. And I'll say, I'll be up yeah. there at five o'clock, buddy. <laughs> now look, Eric. This is this is our relationship. Now we'll we'll, we'll talk on occasion, but I like the, the this world today. You know, you text or something, but yeah, I may go three months without hearing from Kenny. May go six months, yeah. and all of a sudden I'll get a text to say, "Are you that little chicken shit bastard?" <laughs> that I bought it off of. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll say I might be. <laughs> this is this pirate tape, you know, we're, we're referencing to, and, and then we'll go six months with, without talking again. Yeah. Uh, maybe a week later I'll get a response. Cause I'll, I'll say something like, um, uh, uh, how big a boy are you? You know, or, you know, something like that. You, you, we just go back and forth this banter. And, um, I mean, if, if someone were watching or listening in or reading, They'd say, what in the hell is going on here? Yeah. But it's the funniest thing. And uh, Kenny's right. He probably thought, there's no one in hell but my buddies know about this. That's right. But it's it's, a, it's the funniest well, thing. You brought it up. I told my friends on the bus, I said, you know, it's crazy, but we're going to be friends with Brad Farr because <laughs> he knows about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, buddy. Well, thank right. you. I appreciate it. And uh, keep putting the hits out. I'll try, brother. Thanks for having me. Hey, and, Kenny. Uh, thank yeah. you also, my friend. Great, great Love state you, here in Tennessee. Love you guys and uh, enjoyed it. And let's do it again. Yes. Love thank you, Kenny. Coming real. It's the next episode. What about Brett Favre? Follow the show on Twitter for the latest news and links to all our social media channels. Bowling with Favre is executive produced by Ali Brito and Rob Jenners. This has been a presentation of Live by Live's Podcast One.